Hello everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Alumni Ripples. Um, My name is Godwin Henry and I'm honored to be the moderator for today's conversation. I know we have our alum in different parts of the globe now and you might be listening to this from Canada, from the US, from the UK. Just know that we love you and in today's episode we are going to be discussing education policy implementation precisely what policies do we need to rebuild education in Nigeria and I have two powerhouses joining me in today's conversation and I'm going to allow them introduce themselves I'm not going to mention their names just yet right uh, so I'll go right into it ladies first like they say hello everyone my name is Sharon Takim I am I currently work as a special assistant to Cardinal State Governor. I am also a Teach for All Education Policy Fellowship Fellow presently. And I have actually hosted an alumni podcast ripples episode. So I'm excited to be on the other end this time. Yay! So I'm putting up my E E um accolade for Sharon. As you know, Sharon is phenomenal. And I'm going to allow the gentleman joining us today to also introduce himself. Hello everyone, my name is Oluwashion Kayode and I currently lead the team at Schoolinka where we design high quality training programs for teachers and also help this teacher find jobs in our partner schools. Um, I was a Teach for Nigeria fellow uh, between 2017 and 2019. It's so good to be on the Alumni Repose podcast for the first time. Thank you, Lua Shio, and thank you, Sharon. Uh, for those that are with us listening in, you would agree with me that these two, uh, every alumni is big, but these two are big. Yeah, like I look up to them personally. And uh, I'm not going to bore you with many stories because we are talking policy, right? So just to start off with, right, to lay context, um, Sharon, it's a ladies' month, so I'm going to be starting um, with you why should we even be focusing our energy on policy right what purpose does this even serve so um, over to you sharon okay so i think that um a lot of the time the conversation on policy people tend to ask why do we spend so much time designing policies we should be in the field you know doing what we think is right we already know what to do in a sense and i like to use the analogy of an architect before you go to your site before you get to field you have a blueprint you have something that you're working with so that when you go on field you know how things are supposed to be and then it helps guide your actions and another reason why it's important to focus on policy design is because it helps you see blind spots and pitfalls that you may experience when you get onto the field so your solutions are not just for the problems on ground they're for the problems that would arise out of the solutions that you're creating so the policy design process is just as important as the implementation process for me thank you sharon i love that analogy and i like what you mentioned around blind spots um, so i'm going to again same question why should we focus our energy on policy 
um so sincerely i think sharon has you know answered that question very well especially with the analogy of the architect and i'm also going to use um you know an, a methodology that is very important especially for entrepreneurs um which is called the design thinking methodology and you know for those who are familiar with that concept we know that that methodology has to do with you understanding the problem through the lens of people who have been affected by that problem um, and then before you start defining the problem and ideating solutions testing the solutions before you now finally say this is what works and i think policy making as well is a reflection of what that methodology is right policy has to do with you know you understanding the pain point of a particular industry of a particular space and then really designing what you know will work uh, based on you know you have spoken with people you've gathered data you've tested things and then you come up with a particular document and say this is how we are going to run things this is the solution we are preferring to this challenge um, so i think policy making policy design is very important and integral if we are to create sustainable solutions Thank you, Luashio. I, I love what you said around understanding pain points. Uh, and listening to you both, you you agree that we should be focusing on policy. And this leads me to, to ask, with all that we are seeing in Nigeria at the moment, would you say we have sufficient education policies in the country? And I'm going to be directing this question at um, Oluwashio. Oh, well, um, so it's, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, we have um, almost, not almost, not up to 100%, but I think what we have right now is something that is sufficient to move us, you know, ahead, you know, in the educational journey of this nation. And this is why I would say that, you know, I've been opportunity to read the National Policy on Education a number of times, and I've read it with friends, I've read it with people who are passionate about education development. And at the end of every read, whenever we have to come to a reflective discussion, Portion. what everybody will say is the fact that wow this is a great like this is great like the policy on education in nigeria is amazing um and where we kind of miss the point is but we are not seeing the gains of this policy what's happening to implementation what's happening to monitoring and evaluation what's happening to reporting on this policy implementation so i think that what we have right now do not 100 there are still areas there are still gaps uh, but i think it is if it's duly implemented it's enough to take us from point a to point b really wow um interesting right um Lua Shion lets us know that we have sufficient policies great policies but then he also raised questions around we are not seeing the gains of of this policy but they should be sufficient to take us from point a to point b and just listening to you I, i'm forced to ask them so what then is the issue right because if we have great policies then there's obviously a gap uh, and with this i'll be going to sharon just to hear from sharon that uluwa sharon lets us know that we have great policies right when it comes to education in nigeria so what then would you say are uh, the biggest issues with these policies in nigeria so nigeria's education policy i would say is robust our biggest challenge is implementation um one of our policies is the universal basic education policy where basic education is free and compulsory up to nine years now india had a policy that was similar and between year 2000 and 2011 they reduced the number of their out of school children by 16 million 
16 million is more than the total number of out-of-school children in Nigeria as we speak. So what was the challenge? They didn't do anything much different from what we have designed as our universal basic education policy, but it worked there and it didn't work here. So what is the challenge? We have implementation issues. We have a lot of other factors that are not considered, including our context. So when we're designing, do we design to fit our context or do we just design things that sound nice to us? So I believe we're missing it in the areas of implementation. I believe we're missing it in the areas of contextualizing our problems and creating unique made to fit solutions for each region, not just Nigeria, but for each region in Nigeria. Wow. Um, thank you. Thank you, Sharon. I'm just I'm, I'm just hearing nuggets flying everywhere. It's a bazooka of um, nuggets on this episode. Thank you for sharing that uh, our policy is robust, right? But then we have that gap around implementation, around our not contextualizing enough when we are designing policies. And you know, you just shared something and it reminded me of something I heard a while back that when we are talking about some certain things in Nigeria, we have to add the Nigerian factor. So we are talking of the laws of demand. In Nigeria, you have to add mood as, as one of the um, laws of demand. And with that, right, I'm just going to move right ahead uh, into something that I've seen a lot of debate on, which is around the fact that should we be placing education on the concurrent list or should we be putting it on another legislative list? I would like to know your take on this and I would be starting with Ulua Shio. All right, thank you, Henry. Um, Godwin, <laughs> well, good uh, names are yours, by the way. Shona, seeing a couple of expert arguments here and there, both for and against. Um, but my own opinion is that education should be left on the concurrent list and you know some of the reasons i have is the fact that you know education requires a lot of localization um, i believe that education is something that needs to be localized both in its design and implementation because what works in anambra might not work in you know let's say kogi or kasina for instance um so there are different contexts um to to you know um, when it comes to implementing education initiatives and you know in realizing and uh, uh, you know considering and acknowledging those realities and those different contexts i don't think it is something that the federal government has shown the ability to be able to do right um not i mean and this is just me thinking my own personal opinion as well like look at other things that are on the executive list for example look at power electricity look at immigration for example look at mining of mineral resources how far have we gone in those areas i mean just we are still having long queues at filling stations just to get fuel so for me it's like if the federal government has not shown ability to manage you know the delivery of a value of necessity such as education that requires heavy localization in its design and implementation then we shouldn't add education to that education is so important um, for us to actually give to the federal government alone so i think it should be left on the concrete list so that the federal government and state government can continue to work collaboratively to design it um, you know solutions that really matters to the people and are heavily localized Interesting. Um, Sharon, do you agree with um, Oluwa Sheon's um, take? I absolutely agree. And I will talk about division of labor. So it's fantastic that the federal government is involved, let's say, in the ideation process. 
but in terms of execution i think that the state government should be allowed to take what has been ideated adapt it to their context and then execute so in the state where i live and work we had the school feeding program which was working pretty well the federal government was going to roll out a nationwide school feeding program and ask that that be paused and absorbed into their own plan and in the end it didn't work and it's not working in any states as far as i know now and this is because we overburden the federal government the state governments are there for a reason they have their ears to the ground is where we have the tiers of government so let's allow each of them function best by allowing the state governments to be involved in that process because they are the ones that understand the unique context and idiosyncrasies of their areas. So concurrent list, yes, let's not move it to the executive list. We have too many things to worry about than to add that to the to the list of what we need to start thinking about as a nation now. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, when policy experts come to um, speak like this, you, are, you learn new terminologies. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. And, you know, in a policy, in a convention on policy, it's a whole lot to unpack. And I'm just going to wrap up. Uh, as we wrap up, I want you to share, right? For someone who is then thinking, I have interest in policy. I want to go into policy. What, what should they be thinking about that would help them make impact uh, i'll start with you sharon okay so i believe that at, as we are now if you just focus on the gaps that are in policy implementation you have a lot of work ahead of you in fact for a lifetime now what i would suggest for someone that is interested in policy i believe they should start thinking about how technology and artificial intelligence is going to affect the world and how that is going to affect necessarily our education system and how we design our courses and what we do. Um, I also think that there should be a lot more focus on technical and vocational schools and skills, which is called TVET, because we seem to ignore that that on its own is education. So just studying how technology is affecting education and how we can get Nigeria plugged in so no child is left behind and also incorporating technical and vocational skills into our learning compulsorily, I think that that would make a huge difference. But just focusing on the gaps in education implementation, trust me, you have a lot of work to do and we need a lot of people to get involved and interested in this process. Awesome, thank you, Sharon. Um, Kayode, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I would say this is a Sharon question, right? Um, I mean, she's a policy expert. Um, but I mean, apart from, you know, these technical skills that Sharon mentioned, which I think are really essential, um, I also think that there are some soft skills that policy enthusiasts need to, you know, um, be able to, I mean, should acquire as they go into that space. And one of them is critical thinking. I think this is very important, right? So policymakers really need to be able to analyze complex issues and data, you know, so that they can be able to develop effective policies. Um, I think they should be able to evaluate evidence. They should be able to assess risks. They should be able to consider the perspectives of different stakeholders, which actually really takes me into the next, um, you know, soft skill, which is um, communication, um, you know, I think that, for for example, the SDGs right now, you know, um, it's a global goals, but how many people on earth are still not, I mean, they're still 
ignorant of what these goals are, that they don't even know what the SDGs are. So I think for you to be a policymaker, you must take communication key. You must be able to communicate these policies to every stakeholder involved. Collaboration is as well very important. How do you ensure that every voice that matters is in the room? I mean, every voice that matters, irrespective of their socioeconomic backgrounds or their own realities, they're all present in the room as you design that. So how you, do you bring all those people together to formulate the best policies? Um, I think that's really key. Um, leadership is a very important one, right? You need to be a you know sound leader for you to be able to work in policy making. I think emotional intelligence, um, adaptability skills, these are skills that are really important um, for you as a policy enthusiast and a policymaker to have. Insightful, insightful. Thank you, Lua Shion. Thank you, Sharon. Um, it's been great speaking with you both. And I'll just like you uh, briefly to share how our listeners can reach out to you if they have questions they want to ask or engage you further. Um, Sharon? Okay, so you can find me on social media and you can find, you can also email me. I'm sure the Teach for Nigeria Alumni Association can make my details available along with this podcast. I'm happy to hear from you and to keep this conversation going. Hello, Sharon. All right, um, you can reach me on LinkedIn, Olua Shion Kayode, and you can also send me an email at olu at schoolinka.com. Awesome. Thank you both. It's been a very insightful uh, conversation. We can go on and on. It's policy, but then we have very limited time. Probably we would have to unpack this some other time, but thank you. I'm sure for our listeners, you've been able to take at least one action point out of this conversation that you can begin to run with. We need more people in policy and we need more um, sound um initiatives that are closing the gaps that have been identified thank you for listening in as always this uh, podcast is brought to you by the teach for nigeria alumni department you can reach out via email alumni at teach for nigeria dot org alumni at teach for nigeria dot org you can also reach out via social media our media handles at teach for nigeria and um, someone will be there to engage you uh, if you have any ideas on how we can continue to serve you do reach out and it would be our pleasure to engage with you um, thank you to everyone thank you most especially to lua Shil and sharon for this conversation personally i'm going to be running with some certain things and i look forward to the things that you'd be doing as well take care have a great time Thank you.